Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to La Jam and Latte. It has been such a hectic week at the LAL offices this week, aka mine and Jess's couches. We've got our number one voted batchy recaps dropping after each episode. And even if you are not watching the show, which I hear a lot of people are not, you can still read them because I've heard that our recaps are better than watching the show anyway. We've also got our Mama Movement Instagram promotion still running until Sunday. So if you want the chance to win yourself some amazing active wear made from reused plastics with pockets, that doesn't show your butt crack when you bend over, find the tag and win post on our Instagram and then follow the super simple instructions. Or if you're just looking to kill some time between Zoom meetings, head to lajamandlatte.com for plenty of low involvement entertainment. Before we get into the show, I wanted to share this story with you because I don't know if I've told you, but I am in lockdown and I am reaching for lols everywhere. So I don't think many of you would have heard of these things if you're not parents. They're called lol dolls. And a few weeks ago, we spoke about hate following and how you read one innocent post and three hours later, you're down a black hole with the energy of 20 Red Bulls and you could confidently get in an MMA ring with Conor McGregor. Well, welcome to online mums groups. Like if I was going to hire a hitman, it would be a mum. They're crazy. And look, it's definitely a deep dive for another day. But the latest controversy are these lol dolls. They've already received quite a bit of heat. Like a few years ago, the mums went on a crusade, like literally bigger than the actual crusades, because the lol dolls had mini peens and cookies. (laughs) Like they didn't want their children to know that boys had a penis. Now there's this new surprise doll. And basically you submerge it in cold water and clothes appear. So basically saving your child the time because they don't have to paint an outfit on in nail polish like we did. And it's a surprise, right? So you never know what you're going to get until you submerge it. And what a surprise the Brenda's got. Those are the Karens of the mum variety because the outfits, right, are like garters, fishnets, undies. Some of them even have anchor tattoos. Naturally, they are so outraged. They've taken to Facebook with like live streams of them in the shops trying to demonstrate the problems in real time or just like super viral videos. Hashtag save our children. This is pedophilia and this is ducking. Disgusting. Yes, ducking. I mean, I feel personally like the running mascara was unnecessary, but otherwise it just kind of feels like it's teaching our children to slut shame before you teach them they have a vagina. I mean, obviously, if you don't like it, don't get it, each to their own. But I have definitely ordered a few for my six-month-old. Today on the podcast, it's totally worth it. You shared in our Facebook group, La Jam and Latte, the things that are totally worth our money. And let's just say they definitely correlate with age. I've got a quick update for you on the worst ever rom-coms list. Then, oh, you're wearing a suit of red flags? Want a date for six months? Every single time. 
we get into the reasons why we are more drawn to red than a bull. Finally, I review the show that will affirm for you if your husband ever wronged you, you would 100% be capable of murdering him. Dirty John, Betty. When it comes to purchases, you know I am all about that frugal life. If I'm online shopping, I've got like five different email addresses so I can get those sign-up discount codes. Then there are the shops that always have 20 or 30% off, so I will never buy full price from them. And it's always preferable to shop online with the Shopback app. But some products just know their worth and will never have promotions or sales. It's so arrogant, but they do it because they are quality and they don't have to ever go on sale. We will pay full price, overpriced full price even, every single time. Remember how my very first episode was Signs of the Third Life Crisis? Well, if you don't, obviously you should go back and listen because it's definitely one of the best. Well, fans, we could add all of these things to that list. From asking you in our Facebook group this week what's totally worth the money, it is clear we're not spending our money on Kentucky tours anymore. We spend our money on things that make us fucking old and refined, but old. As Fan Holly said, we need to be looking at the second bottom shelf for wine now because under $25 is for under 25s. Unfortunately, the cost-effective passion pop is no longer an option for us. Boo! Because we just can't deal with being hungover for 11 days. And anything that comes in a box, well, like, we may as well drink vomit because that's exactly what's going to come up after. Like, remember when you would be out... Remember when you would be out full stop and you would try and not look cheap by ordering the second cheapest wine off the menu. Can't even do that anymore. It's more like the third cheapest. Or look, you probably actually have an appreciation for wine now and just make a selection based off the year in the winery. Or if you're really flush, just go straight to the Moet. We also have real bougie food tastes. I guess your palate just really refines with age. But like if you were looking to save some money, fuck avocado. Because in comparison to your golden tongue buys, buying an avocado is like buying a bag of lollies from the milk bar in 1975. These are the things that you really need to cut back on. But also like don't because why be miserable? For breakfast... I wish we could, but we cannot have Fruit Loops every day because my 600-pound life is real. We do want to start the day off right, though, in the positive, so we do it with some Spenny Spenny Muesli. Carmen's is definitely the overpriced mainstream brand of choice, which fans Carly and Jess enjoy. And okay, I know I talk about groceries so much, but I'm in lockdown, and my daily outing is literally a choice between going 15 minutes to Coles or five minutes to Woolies, so it's really hard to get more creative than that right now. So please, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, if you're really flush going to your grocer or Thomas Ducks and getting the locally produced variety with the edible gold leaf in it, it, it's a thing. I'm just, I'm not just saying that for effect. That is the ultimate indulgence. It's like $30 a bag. Of course, with muesli, it's a bit like vodka. It's best consumed with a mixer. So we'll be mixing it with some lush yogurt like Van Catherine. And none of this patimiyam, that's for babies. <laughs> we'll be mixing it with some Gippsland. Or my personal choice is Jalnut Biodynamic Organic. I have no idea what it means, but it tastes really good. Muesli is such a valuable commodity. I actually have received the worst karma for borrowing some spenny muesli. My 
my friend at work works part-time and I had some of her muesli for breakfast on a day she wasn't there. And I choked on a cluster. Like legit, my friend had to hit me on the back so I would spit it up. It was absolutely terrifying. So moral of the story, don't steal other people's muesli or you might nearly die. So lunchtime, everyone knows that a budget end of month lunch is tuna, rice and feta. But even your Budget lunches are lavish. You know it's probably the day after payday when you see people chowing down on Sirena tuna, like fans Laura and Steph. Honestly, I can't tell the difference between Sirena and John West, but I don't know, maybe like their fish tank water is clean daily. I don't know. But better? I don't even know why other options exist. It's Meredith or nothing. I'm with you on that, Fan Alley. It might be extravagantly priced, but it is basically two things in one. Like you get the cheese, but you also get the delicious marinade to spread over the other bland elements of your meal. So it's basically a bargain when you think about it, especially if you buy in bulk because a two kilo tub of Meredith is only $85. It's not just Meredith cheese we're pulling out the pineapples for, it's any cheese. Because instead of going out with a group of friends to the movies and getting a popcorn and Coke, we stay home with a finely curated cheese board and our $25 wine. I have a cheese hierarchy depending on who my company is, right? If I want to look cool and impress the people that I'm chowing down with, I will get my cheese from a cool room, no matter how close to the end of pay month it is. Like a nice ostentatious French $40 wedge, triple cream brie, a Swiss gruyere, a Berries Creek Riverine Blue. If it's my MySpace top seven, probably like a blend of cool room, but also a classic Dapenois with some Lavoche. Then there's other friends and family or my boyfriend whose idea of a fancy dessert is Viennetta and I am definitely not trying to impress. They'll get like a Mercer Valley and whichever brie is on special at Woolies, probably King Island and some Savoy. Then there is the work barbecue where I will be bringing a South Cape Four Cheese entertainment platter. Our furniture might be of the fantastic furniture variety, but that's by choice because we spend our money where it counts on furnishings. We need home and contents insurance just for our beds. Like, remember when you stayed at your friends after a party, mainly so your parents wouldn't pick you up after you'd necked a six pack of UDLs, and there was like 15 of you sleeping on the floor? My back hurts so much thinking about that, but no more. As Fan Faye advocates, a high caliber mattress of the orthopedic variety are strongly preferred. And if we're spending all that cash on a sleeping rack, they better be throwing in some free ergonomic pillows, which are specifically designed for your sleeping position. Look, honestly, even if they don't, we'll be paying for them because they are the shit. I agree, Fan Karina. My ergonomic pillow is so lush that it actually has material in it that gives me a permanent cold side. Then obviously our beds are adorned with deluxe bedding, a nice warm duck doona, 100% Egyptian cotton or 100% linen sheets, cooling sheets if you're a hot sleeper. I just found out from good housekeeping that even though thread counts do go over 1,000, and I thought the higher the thread count, the better, the sweet spot is actually between 300 and 500, and they sound really legit, so I believe them. But bedding is like literally the reason I have an Adairs membership. Such value. No wonder I sleep like 12 hours a night. And yes, I do have a small baby, but having really luxe bedding is a bit shit if you live in an apartment. I've had my sheet stolen from the communal clothes horse. And like, did they not think that I was going to steal it straight back as soon as they hung it out to dry after they washed it, which I obviously did. And then I felt kind of dirty and I had to wash it like 10 times before I could use them again. A contentious topic in so many households, this one, but yes, 
She did need to buy another throw cushion. You need them for your bed and your couch. That's at least six. Then you need light materials for summer, dark for winter, and they have to match. So if you have like all grays and blacks, then you buy one pink. You're going to need to get another one that has some pink in it somewhere. That's at least 35 cushions min. And unlike the majority of household decor, Kmart is just not an option for the throw cushion. They need to be plush and you can only achieve a plush throw cushion with coin. Agreed, Van Georgia. Another very handy use for the older dares membership, who by the way are not sponsoring this show, but maybe they should so I can get some income from doing this. Unless you've got quite prosperous pockets, you probably won't be garnishing your walls with original Monet's or artifacts from Tutankhamun's tomb, but we're also beyond decorating with the souvenirs we picked up on our last trip to Bali, and honestly, it's probably a bit problematic to have a cheap knockoff dream catcher on your wall anyway. So we spend, but we spend smartly for the basic bitch. The number one decorative item for us, I'll, I'll give you a moment to think. It's the low-maintenance houseplant. We love spending money on that shit. Anytime there's a Facebook sale, we don't go. We'll go somewhere else and buy it full price. You can't go wrong. They provide oxygen and they look really good. Closely followed is Lisa's choice, proper soy candles. Candles have to be legit. I will pay one fifty for a Byredo or Diptyque candle every time because there is nothing worse than spending money on a candle, using it once, and then the scent totally disappears. If I wanted to watch a fire, I would just keep my gas cooktop on. So while you're picturing this lush living area, which I'm assuming you're just imagining your own, make sure you picture the most expensive addition of all warmth. As fan Brittany said, we will pay for heating and that shit is so expensive. Like it is more expensive than cheese. We might not be black Amex rich, but we're still living pretty luxe. And that's because we don't work at Jetty Surf for $7 an hour anymore. And I, for one, am so grateful that I have a very comfortable bed. I wanted to give you an unscheduled update to our list of the worst rom-coms ever, because I've got another front runner. Last night, While You Were Sleeping was on TV, and even if a movie is on Netflix, like this one probably is, if it's on TV, it's so much more likely I'm going to watch it because it removes choice for me. So I was like, okay, I haven't seen it. Love Sandy B. I'll give it a whirl. So basically, Sandy B is this train station worker, and she saves Sandy Cohen's life by removing him from the tracks while he's unconscious, but he's still in a coma and has to go to hospital. So she like whispers under her breath, I was going to marry that man. The nurse overhears next thing his whole family thinks that she's his fiance and it just spirals but I was like um open your fucking mouth and just say you're not problem solved movie over plus she had these really annoying bangs like boys in like 1999 hair bangs like with the middle part I couldn't even last an hour it was just so stupid the only winner in this movie was Sandy Cohen who scored the best job ever he literally got paid to nap in every scene trigger warning This segment is meant to be a pretty light segment about red flags, and thankfully we get past a lot of red flags with tears, chocolate, and Netflix, but if you do think this segment may be triggering for you, please skip ahead. And remember, Lifeline is only a call away on 131114. Did you know that humans and bulls have something in common? (laughs) We both go wild for a red flag, but unlike bulls, we are colorblind as fuck because we do not see that red flag. A potential mate could come on a date, and he could be an or she could be in a suit made of red flags and we would see a well-dressed thirst trap. 
As you know, I have been in a row longer than Prince Philip has been a propped up corpse, but I do have friends that make really bad choices. And like there was a time that I wasn't in a row like a hundred years ago. So I don't feel completely removed from the topic. Although feel free to tell me if I am out of my depth, but I just really felt like the pod was missing some relationship bands. So here we go. Why every single time would we be attracted to the misogynistic cheat responsible for three new strains of chlamydia when right in front of us, there's like an educated charity running homeowning engineer. Yes, I'm using Bachelor in Paradise for reference. The answer is the cheerleader effect when from far away, everything looks amazing, but up close you're like, oh no, because there are underlying dark traits that cause these red flags and they're generally accompanied by some very attractive friends to distract us. So according to this aptly titled study, How Alluring Are Dark Personalities? This guy Jacques studied the appeal of what he called the dark traits. I would call them the flagpoles flying the red flags. There's narcissism, which is self-admiration and grandiosity, Machiavellianism, which is cynical thinking and detached effect and coldness. And finally, my favorite, psychopathy, callousness, manipulativeness, and antisocial behavior. Sound familiar? Even writing these out, I've got like a rigmarole going through my head of like 22,357 boys I can assign to each one of these descriptions. So the research has found that these dark traits are linked to more attractive traits. Like narcissism is generally linked in both men and women with extroversion and beauty. Like if you're hot, you're a narcissist, right? Psychopathy too is linked to physical appeal, which see Ted Bundy. And Machiavellianism brings out these grand gestures. And you know this is true because everyone knows the hot crazy scale, right? It's an official form of mathematical measurement. Like basically the hotter you are, the crazier you are. If you haven't heard of it, remember all of our segments go into the show notes so you can see a graph of this sound theoretical concept in action at largearmandlatte.com. So you can't see that they're a complete psycho because they have really nice arms. So not only do they bring their hot arms to the party to distract you, but they're also masters of disguise themselves. Like basically the witches in the Roald Dahl book. They look really good on the outside, but then the mask comes off and they're ugly. So say, for example, you're on a date and the guy's like, oh no, that palmer does not have sufficient cheese coverage. And he sends it back on your behalf. That might seem really assertive at the time, but down the track, he reveals himself and that trait is actually control and aggression, and then suddenly you're not allowed to see your friends anymore. It makes sense, right? A serial killer isn't going to reveal his motives straight away. Like, he's not going to come up to you and be like, I'm going to fucking kill you, get in my car. He's going to offer you tasty, appealing, delicious lollies to get you in his van first. Then he'll slit your throat. But fans, I have consulted another person with PhD in their title to help you outwit, outsmart, and outplay the red flags by looking for the disguise at the start of the relationship instead of the red flag itself. Mmm, smart. Dr. Bokarova, PhD, teaches psych at the University of Toronto, and she suggests you put your glasses on and look for the following. If they profess their love for you really early on, abort, because this isn't Titanic. You're not going to fall in love with someone in three days. Dr. Bokorova says, not always, but this sort of behavior is quite common in controlling abusive and narcissistic relationships. It might feel really flattering at first. Of course, who doesn't want to be told that they're loved? But the problem is they don't actually know you. So when they get to know you and realize they aren't so fond of your obsession with fantasy football or habit of keeping an extremely tidy house, you're deviating from their perfect perception of you. The mask comes off and you could be met with aggression or coldness or worse. 
Number two, they overshare on their first date. Okay, don't get me wrong. A DNM on the first date, def a good sign. Like you're vibing, you got chemistry. But then if they start talking about their childhood, oh no, or worse, their ex, like they walked in on their ex banging their best friend who's now so remorseful. She sits outside his house all day and sends him presents and he accidentally hooked up with her when he was drunk, which just made things even worse. Leave. This does not end well for you. The only drama you need in your life are other people's, mutually exclusive to your life. Number three, they want to talk to you and be with you all the time. Now, nobody likes a fuckboy who takes four days to write back after your first date because it's the game. I mean, actually, we kind of do because we want what we can't have. But honestly, a great would you rather is would you rather the four-day reply or the total opposite? Like, in theory, it's super flattering if someone's like, I can't wait to go to sleep so I can see you again in the morning. Thanks, I know I'm a total snack. But in practice... Oh my God, red flaggers can be so needy. Like even if you've just started dating, they want to spend every night together. Like why would you want to be alone? If you're not together, they message you all day long and you need to reply back immediately. Like even if you turned your phone off because you were at your granddad's funeral, they need you to reply and they're mad when you don't. And then you feel guilty about it. Dr. Bokarova says this sort of behavior becomes really toxic and unhealthy because you get to a point where you feel pressured or you feel super guilty when you want to spend time with other people or on other interests. Like you want to be able to go to the gym or they won't let you work past 6 p.m. because you need to spend time outside work with them. We've all had those friends, or it could have even been you, who lose interest and lose friends because you have to be with the partner all the time. So when they first start to get really needy, that should be your first sign something is not right. Number four, they are super protective of you. Like my first response to this is I don't need no man to take care of me. But also again, it's nice in theory. Like I love you so much. I can't imagine not being with you. But then it slides into I trust you. I just don't trust you with other people. Like jealousy is a totally normal response to a real threat in a relationship, says Dr. Bokarova. But irrational jealousy can be a strong sign that your partner is controlling. Like if you have to defend your comments on your friend's Instagram pictures because you made a kiss emoji abort. If you have to change the password on your phone so they don't check your messages, abort. If you have to defend your sexual history, strong abort. If you can't wear the clothes you want to wear in public because other people might look at you sexually, you need to abort. This is controlling. Number five, they make sweeping, grandiose promises. If they say things to you like, I can't wait to buy a house with you on the beach and take you around the world and buy you a real Louis Vuitton wallet while they're still living at their parents' house driving a 1994 Ford Fiesta, it's unlikely this will actually eventuate. Dr. Bakarova says here, it's best to pay attention to people's actions and values before latching onto their words. Good advice. But not all red flags wear disguises. There are the lazy red flags, and these are the ones that are such pieces of shit, and they're so hot and they know it, they don't even try to hide how shit they are. Like, you definitely see these, and sometimes you need to be, like, forcibly removed from the situation. They are number one. They don't want to commit. Like, you act like you've been dating for three years, go out in public, you've met each other's family, but you bring up the word exclusive or boyfriend or girlfriend. They pee themselves. Look, they either want to be with you or they don't. Casual is just an excuse to keep their Hinge account active. Number two, they're still seeing their ex, and I guarantee they are not just friends. 
Number three, they don't want to introduce you to their friends. And this sounds harsh, but it's because A, they're either embarrassed about you or B, you're the side piece. They might already have a girlfriend or boyfriend and a child that their friends know about. So obviously they can't be introducing the side piece. This is also the reason why they won't let you put any pictures on the socials. And if you do, they flip a lid. Number four, they don't have time for you. Like they don't have time to write back to your text, but you just saw them post on Instagram. They can pencil you in though next Tuesday for a 15 minute coffee. No thanks. They're just not that into you and are just too much of a pussy to tell you. Number five, they only ask to see you after you've been drinking because you are a booty call. That is all. Number six, they make you feel bad about yourself. Classic move. I think there must be like a best-selling book on gaslighting that I don't know about because this is a prominent play by the red flag. Your partner should be your biggest fan. Full stop. Unless you're famous, then you might have bigger fans. But even then, they should still be up there, like number two or three at least. Even when we see these signs, we pretend we don't because we don't want to admit we're wrong or we don't want to be alone. We make excuses for them. But when we follow our denial, it never turns out well for us and we just end up face deep in a tub of connoisseur. So I have acquired counselor Kira Lynn's nifty tricks to deal with these red flags, which are very easy to write down and parrot to you, not so easy to put into action. Number one, stop making excuses and acknowledge it. Like he blamed you for losing his job because of that one time he took a day off work to drive you home from the hospital after you had surgery, even though he told you literally yesterday he got caught stealing from work. That's gaslighting and a huge red flag. Number two, be honest about the size of the flag because some flags are really small, like small enough to fly on a toothpick in your cosmopolitan, like the fact that he doesn't wear underwear. But some flags you could see flying from the moon, like if he deletes phone numbers from your phone. Number three, talk to someone, because we've already established you're probably going to need some help accepting these red flags. So talk to a friend or a professional. Personally, I feel like friends are a bit tricky because sometimes your friends won't want to offend you, so they won't tell you the truth. Or you know you won't listen to them. Like how many relationships have you been in where you say to your friends afterwards, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you do something? And they're either like, I didn't want to upset you or you wouldn't have listened anyway. So my professional advice is talk to a professional. Like if the flags are really big, they warrant it. Even if it's not to resolve your relationship, it's for your own personal benefit. Like Therapy is like mask wearing right now. Everyone's doing it and it's really beneficial to your mental health. Number four, listen. Well, Kira says listen and trust your intuition, but I feel like our intuition gets us a solid F when it comes to red flags. So listen. I mean, if your friends are your honest friends and you know which ones will be straight up blunt with you, they're not blinded. Like they're going to tell you how it is. And no, don't wait for them to finish talking so you can have your say and make excuses. Like what other reason do they have for telling you this? They've got no ulterior motives. They genuinely have your best interests at heart. But if you're not convinced, listen to your therapist because you're paying them to tell you the truth. So they are definitely not blinded. And if they're telling you to run, it's probably because you absolutely should run. Finally, address the flag with your partner. Like wearing underwear is a solvable red flag. Deleting your friends and family from your life, maybe not. So if it's solvable, have a chat. If not, lean on your friends because they are the fucking best things ever. So now you know all about red flags and you will never fall for one ever again. So 
Did that work? Was I close? Was I in the realm? Feel free to slide into my DMs with any thoughts on that segment, but please be nice because I have very thin skin. Everybody who was anybody in their little corner of California, La Jolla, knew the Brodericks. They were the 80s version of Instagram influencers, like they would be blue tick established for sure. Daniel Broderick, with his degrees from medical school and Harvard Law School, was a celebrity malpractice lawyer bringing in more cash money than anybody needs. Accordingly, their life was flush, and his wife Betty's days consisted of country club lunches and shuffling their children from soccer to music lessons. They were living my dream life. Until one day, Dan hit middle-aged white man midlife crisis mode. He got a red Corvette, told Betty he was divorcing her, and shacked up with his 19-year-old secretary. So original, Dan. What follows is a brutal five-year divorce, until Betty is so exhausted she can't fight anymore. It becomes a landmark case, resonating with jilted women everywhere. Starring Amanda Peet, who's one of those actors you know from everywhere but can't quite pinpoint where, and Christian Slater, who you may remember from your eldest cousin's smash hit wall posters or Robin Hood, Betty tells the story of how a seemingly happy, mentally stable housewife with it all descends to a point where she casually kills her ex-husband and new wife with no regrets. Like the original season of Dirty John, this is a true story, but there are no links. So I came into this with the preconceived idea that it was about heavy gaslighting. And I had seen so many comments from people saying they empathized with Betty. So in the first few episodes, I thought I was missing something because Betty is not likable at all. And it really seemed like she was asking for trouble. And the gaslighting was pretty light on too. But then I realized I only thought it was like gaslighting because in real life, my friends have been gaslighted so much worse. But it's a really slow burn because as I kept watching, it wasn't about overt gaslighting. That would be way too easy. Over the five years, Dan inflicts really subtle but extreme emotional abuse on Betty. He uses his court influence to win full custody of their children, or her visits would be changed at the last minute. He withholds support payments. He has Betty sent to jail and even briefly locked up in a mental institution. He literally drove her insane. And look, Betty is not without fault. She does deface his house, leave hundreds of obscene messages on his answering machine, and of course, threaten to kill him. But look at what he did to her. What did he expect? The scenes that are really pivotal to this show are the ones that show the early days of their marriage because it shows that Betty is just not there for the cash. Dan's going through both medical and law school and Betty's going through five pregnancies. She lost one child when it was four days old. Yet she's the breadwinner because it's so clear she will do anything to support her husband. It's so cute. And it's also really clear that she did not have a hint of mental disturbance prior to his midlife crisis. Like, there was not a red flag in sight. It is so refreshing to watch something with established quality actors. It makes all the difference. Pete and Slater are both phenomenal. There is not a single line of dialogue or non-verbal action from either of them that's wasted. Just like Betty's emotions, yours will go on an absolute ride. You'll go from hating her to feeling sorry for her, liking Dan, hating Dan, hating the new wife, to crying full-blown Kim Kardashian ugly tears, to being absolutely heartbroken, to being worried about how relatable the whole story actually is, and affirming that you could 100% go full Betty Broderick if that happened to you. It's a wild ride, but 100% worth it. And obviously, because it's a true story, there is so much juicy digging to do about the characters in real life. 
life afterwards. Definitely one of the best Netflix offerings all year, nine and a half out of 10. Thanks for listening to Large Arm and Latte. If you loved the podcast, a five-star rating and review would really help validate us. Large Arm and Latte exists because of your opinions, so keep sharing them in the Facebook group Large Arm and Latte, on the gram at Large Arm and Latte Media, and visit largearmandlatte.com to read, write, engage, subscribe to our newsletter, and generally get your peepers around even more brunch banter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.